Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Father, thank you for this great day. We're glad to be in your house. We uh, look forward to this time each week, and I pray now that you'll set our minds and hearts aside so that you might speak to us and encourage us, do something rich and real through the service this morning, through the message this morning, edify this body of believers, be glorified uh, from uh, what we say and how we say it, how we sing and how we sing it, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank the Lord for Brother Fenton. You know, Brother Bob is the guy who got up here and did the announcements a little bit ago, and he's one of our deacons. And uh, it's good to see a deacon that has excitement, right? We got some great deacons here at, at OB, and uh, he got up and he did mention this. He said, Pastor's been in a series over the past few weeks, and the title of it is Living in the Overflow, Living in the Overflow. We began this just a couple weeks ago. And how, how, how I arrived at that thought is I was reading through, once again, I, I love the Psalms. You read the Psalms? I love reading through the Psalms. And of course, we had said this before that uh, one of the, I guess, most popular or uh, most recognizable Psalms of all would be Psalm 23, the Shepherd Psalm, right? And I was reading through that, uh, just because reading through, in fact, I have it memorized, I often just Right, driving down the road, I'll just start, you know, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. And, and I just go on and on and on. I like to do that. It encourages me, you know. But I was reading it this one time, uh, a couple of weeks back, and verse 5 just jumped out at me. And uh, a statement uh, that the psalmist makes in verse number 5 kind of spoke to my heart. And the statement was, my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. And I thought on that for, for, for a moment. Uh, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And then he said, my cup runneth over. And as I thought about that, I thought about overflow. You know, he didn't say, he didn't say my cup is filled. My cup is filled. That'd be a good thing, right? I'd rather have a full cup than an empty cup. But he didn't say my cup is filled. He said my cup runneth over. And so that's an indication of overflow, right? It's just, it's just flowing over. And I got to think about that a few weeks back and praying about it before I started this mini-series. And I thought about how the Lord would desire, in fact, how he encourages. In fact, he probably, if you looked at it precisely, commands us to live our lives in the overflow, in the overflow. And the best way that I can describe that, because it could be technical, the best way I can describe that would be for you and I to be living under the abundant blessing of Almighty God. You know, not, not just living the Christian life, but living in the overflow or living under the abundant blessing of the Lord. Jesus kind of comes back in the New Testament, and he said this. You remember? John chapter 10. Flip it up, guys. He said, I've come that they might have life, and that they might have it what? 
more abundantly. And so it's not just, it's not just having eternal life. It's not just having everlasting life. It's not just living the Christian life, but it's living the Christian life and, and living it more abundantly. Or, as the psalmist said, recognizing that your cup is just flowing over, it's, it's running over, or living in the overflow, living in the overflow. And so as I thought about that, I thought about this, what's it look like? You know, what does it look like to live in the overflow? Oftentimes, I, I know I'm guilty of this, and, and I know other preachers are guilty of this, where we get into uh, a message or we get into a series, and we'll make, uh, we'll make uh, statements, we'll make comments, assuming that everyone understands what that means, right? So what does it mean to live in the overflow? What does that look like? And we started this a couple weeks ago, and we laid, out, uh, we laid out this foundation, if you remember. We had said this, living in the overflow is going to take something, right? It's going to take a little effort, you know? Uh, look, getting saved is a wonderful thing. You put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you, you believe what you're supposed to believe, and you're saved. You get born again. But you know as well as I do that there are times when the Christian life gets dry, and there are times when we can be really struggling in our Christian life, and there are times when we look at others and we, we I don't want to use the wrong verbiage, but we, we might get a little bit out of sorts because they seem to be getting a little more blessed than we are. And why is that? Well, maybe it's because they're living under the fountainhead of blessing or they're living their life in the overflow. So what, is, what does that look like? Well, I think this, in order for you and I to live in the overflow, there are some things that we are just going to have to understand. We talked about that a few weeks ago, maybe last week, right? In order to live in the overflow, there are some things we must understand. For example, we need to understand the promises of God. Because if you, if you don't understand a promise that God makes in the Bible, if you don't understand it, it's possible that you might be claiming something that you're just not understanding, and at the end of the day, might get a little bit upset with God as to why, you know? You just didn't understand that promise. You didn't take its historical context. You didn't take its cultural context. You didn't take the background into consideration when you anchored your faith into that promise. Correct? Are you with me? And so in order to live in the overflow, you've got to understand some things. You need to understand the promises of God. And then we had said this, you need to understand the prohibitions of God right? There are some times when God just kind of draws a line. Have you ever noticed this God drawing a line? Huh? Are you with me this morning? Yeah, he draws a line, uh, or he puts a set of boundaries uh, about us, and, and that's for our protection. And what he's saying is this, if you want to live under the fountainhead of blessing, if you want to live in the overflow, you're going to have to stay within these boundaries. Say amen right there. Huh? And I know, I know sometimes boundaries could be, uh, I don't want to use the wrong word, but sometimes they can be, you know, they just put you off. Like it's all about what you can't do. No, that's not why the Lord puts these boundaries about us. He puts them about us because he understands more than we do. And he understands there's some things in life that are dangerous. You know, there are some things that we ought not do. There are some things that will entrap us and, and in bondage us. And so he places these boundaries about us. And so in order to live in the overflow, there are some things we need to understand. 
We need to understand God's promises and God's prohibitions. And then I said this, God's procedures, because God has a way of doing things his way. Right? Amen? And, and here's what it comes down to. We understand, we have a, a good understanding of this fact. God wants what's best for us. I believe that. How about you? God, God wants what's best for us. The flip side of the coin is this. Pay attention to this, and I hope you agree. I don't always know what's best for me. Huh? Right? Uh, on, on, the count of, on the count of three, I want this side to say, God knows what's best for me, and I want you to say, I don't always know what's best for me. Is that hard? Can we do that? One, two, three. God knows what's best for me. I didn't hear this side say, but I don't know what's best for me. You know, right, right, right in the middle of those conclusions is a vast gap. And the gap is this. You, you and I have got to come to understand that God's way is always the best way. God desires what's best for me. And that's why he wants us to live in what we call or what I've called the overflow, under the abundant blessing of Almighty God. Right? So I want to add to the, to, the, to the message today. We talked about understand. What's it take, Pastor? It takes understanding. But it also takes, and we're going to talk about just this one today, it takes obedience. It takes obedience. Last week, I, I know we spent just a few minutes on this one thought. I ask you this question. I ask you this, have you ever considered life, the, the progression of life? You remember that? You said, well, what, what are you talking about? I, I ask it this way. All right, so have you ever stopped, paused, reflected, contemplated what your life might look like five years from now? Did you ever do that? Huh? What's my life going to look like five years from now? And then I, I, I kind of put this along with it, based upon what you're doing right now. Now, don't miss that. Based upon what you're doing right now, what will your life look like five years from now? And let's just talk about one thing, because we're in church. Fin not, not, not financial. I looked over at seeing Brother Steve there, and all of a sudden finances hit my mind because he's our financial guy. Good to see Stephen. Uh, but what will your life look like five years from now based upon what you're doing right now spiritually? Spiritually. How many of you know? You say, wave your hand. I, I, I know, what you're, I know what, what you're getting at, Pastor. Wave, wave at me. So five years from now, life progression, if the Lord tarries, right, and we have life, there's going to be a five years from now, and it's not going to be that far off. Five years from now might be just one year away. I mean, life's going by pretty quick. Huh? So, what is your life? What are we going to look like? What's my life going to look like five years from now based upon what I am doing right now? Huh? Spiritually speaking, will I, be, will I be closer to the Lord? Will I have grown in my Christian experience? Will I have become more Christ-like? Will I be using my spiritual gifts? Will I be a fruitful Christian? Will I be more generous? And I can go on and on and on. But I said this, you remember this? I said this, if you're, if you're hit and miss right now spiritually, five years from now, you might just be a, a miss. Huh? If you're hit and miss now, I mean, if you read your Bible sometimes and pray sometimes and come to church sometimes and serve sometimes, if you're up and down now, if you're hit and miss now, five years from now, you might just be a miss. 
Why is that? And I wish I had put this up on the screen, but I didn't. Here's the reason why. The habits we have today will shape who you become tomorrow. I'm going to say it again. You may want to write it down. I should have put it up on the screen. The habits that you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. Look here. Hope doesn't change a person's life. Habits change a person's life. Correct? Life is one big habit. Right? Some of us have bad habits. The good habits produce good things. The bad, remember last week we talked about sowing and reaping? Guaranteed, you will only reap what you sow. And you say, and so many times, Pastor, so people say to me, Preacher, I don't like what I'm reaping. Brother Bradley, you know what they got to do? They got to start changing what they're sowing. If you don't like what you're reaping, you've got to change what you're sowing. That makes sense? Huh? Well, I tell you what, I don't have, no, nobody likes me. I don't have any friends. Huh? My paycheck doesn't last and pay all my debt. You want me to keep going on or is that enough? Huh? Habits. And so the habits you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. And that's why I'm saying to us, if we want to live in the overflow, there are some determined things that we must do. First thing is we must get a better understanding of things. And by the way, that list can be amended. It's more just the promises and the prohibitions and the procedures. I mean, it can go on and on and on. But also, I think we need to understand obedience. Now, I know you look at that word, and sometimes we get frightened by it. There are certain words that are frightening. Here's one. You ready, fellas? Commitment. You know? And then you think about obedience, and all of a sudden, somebody's going to hit me over the head. You know? Grew up in a church like this kind of a church. We're going to get beat over the head now. Well, let's, let's talk about obedience just for a little bit and see if we can't put a, a better spin on it, okay? The word obedience pretty much conveys the idea of compliance. Now, pay attention. This is the message. That was just getting you to this point. Compliance, right? And so when you obey, when we obey, we are complying. And really, it's, it's, it's complying with an authority, Right? And that authority could be, <coughs> that authority could be a person. That, that authority might be an institution. That authority could be a law. Whatever it is, when you, when you obey, you are in compliance. How many understand that now? You understand that? How many have jobs? You work a job someplace, right? No, nobody works? <laughs> and so when you go to your job, wherever you work, there are certain things that you must comply with. Right? You go to school somewhere, or you're in college, or at university. Elena, when you get down there to Liberty next week or two weeks, there's some things you're just going to have to comply with. You, you may not like it. You may write back home to mom or dad and say, listen, they're, they're asking me to do this. I don't like it. But what they're asking you to do isn't wrong. It's just something you don't like. So what do you have to do? Say with me, Elena, comply. <laughs> comply. Right? And so obedience, when you read in the Bible about obedience, basically what it's saying is we just need to comply. We just need to comply with the authority. And in this case, who's the authority? The authority is the one who always wants what's best for us. Mm. 
I ought to shut it down right now and tell you to come back in an hour and give that to you again. (laughs) When you and I obey, we are complying with God who we understand wants what's best for me. Wouldn't we be foolish not to comply? Huh? Wouldn't we be out of our mind not to comply with God or with any authority who wants what's best for me? Huh? Obedience. Now, when you look in the Bible, obedience kind of takes on uh, just a a, a larger, I think maybe the, the scope of it broadens, because when you look in the Bible, obedience is paired with trust. Do you ever sing the song, one of our famous hymns? What is it? Trust and obey, right? I, I love the, the tagline, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And so, uh, and so the essence, pay attention right here, the essence of obedience is trust. You with me? The essence of obedience is trust. And what that means is this, we obey God because we trust God. We obey God because we trust God. At least I hope that's true of us. And that brings us back to understanding. We understand that God is good, and He wants what's best for us. And so, if I know God is good and wants what's best for me, I don't have a hard time trusting Him. And when I trust Him, I... Do you see the circular motion of that? Huh? Are you picking that up? And so let's put, that, let's put that into context. Let's put obedience in the context of overflow, okay? And, and, and it's a vast subject, right? You talk about obedience in the Bible, it's vast. So let me do this. Let me just break it down in bite-sized pieces and share with you just a few things I think will help us to maybe live life, our life, in the overflow. Obey what? Let me give you a couple of things to think about. First of all, I think this. If you're going to live in the overflow, in this context, we need to be obedient to our name, obedient to our name. I want you to say that with me, obedient to our name, obedient to our name. Everybody, come on, obedient to our name. Now, somebody say, whoever has courage, say, preacher, what what are you talking about? What you talking about? (laughs) What you talking about? What you talking about? All right, let me tell you what I'm talking about. There's a Bible verse in the Old Testament that I think nails it. Second Chronicles chapter number seven, verse 14. We, we, we like this Bible verse, but just look at the few words here. If my people, which are called by my name, forget about everything else. Because from my thought in this message, the only thing that matters is this, that if I am his people, then I'm called by his name. Forget about the revival and the seeking of the face and the forgiving of the sin and the healing of the land. But think about the core of that verse. The foundation of that verse is that we are His people, and as His people, we carry His name. We're not talking about, uh, let, me, let me bring you back. Well, for some reason, I think we, we got August fog this morning. I know you're getting this. But if we're going to live in the overflow, if we're going to live under the abundant blessing of Almighty God, and I don't know why anyone would not want to, right? Huh? 
then, then we're going to have to live an obedient life. And part of being obedient is being obedient to our name. Because when you got saved, when we got saved, when we came to know Christ as our Savior, we became members of the family, and we carry with us the family name. The family name. Are you with me? And, and you know, we're, 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 learning, we're learning early on, we're learning as we go on, what it means to carry that family name. Look here, we've all been enrolled in the Jesus School of Discipleship, right? I mean, look here, it just comes, it comes with the territory, right? When you get saved, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you're immediately enrolled in a school that is going to teach you how to get from A, just saved, to B, on your way to C and D and E and F to become more and more and more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? In other words, I've said this a thousand times, not a hundred, but a thousand times, He's not going to leave us the way He found us. Look here, if you're still the way you were when you got saved, there's something wrong with what saved you. God's not going to leave you like he found you. He'll take you like he found you, but he's not going to leave you like he found you because he loves us too much, and he's got a plan for our lives to make us more like Christ. And he wants to bless us, and part of that is living in the overflow. And the way we do that, first and foremost, is to understand some things and then to obey some things. And I think, according to this text, we need to obey or be obedient to our name. In essence, it's just being true to your calling. Do you get that? If my people, which are called, called. Some of these guys say, Jason would say, well, I've been called to preach. Yeah, Brother Chad, Chad Braille says, I've been called to preach. And, Wonderful. And some folks, I've been called to serve. Well, before all of that, we have been called by God to carry His name. We need to be obedient to that. So, what does that look like? Well, you know, to be called a Christian is to identify with Christ. Right? And, and maybe, maybe it looks like this. We're living in such a way that people recognize we belong to Him. Can I tell you another way to say that? <laughs> we are living in such a way that people would doubt we belong to Him. Are you with me? I love the oohs and the ahs, by the way. <laughs> Wherever that choir is from over there, I like it. Huh? What's that look like? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to live my life obedient to my calling. What's my calling? To carry His name, first and foremost. Before I can stand up and preach His Word, I, got, I must carry His name. Ah, I don't know if you're getting this, or maybe I'm just trying to be too, too much with them, overthinking it. That's what it looks like. And in reality, it's when, when I come into contact with people, when I communicate with people, when I talk with people, interact with people. Oh, yeah, I can see. I, I can see he belongs to Jesus. I went down this morning to my favorite little establishment down the corner. <laughs> you know what that is, right? 7-Eleven. No. <laughs> well, uh, 
And there's always the same, different days, but there are always the same ladies at the checkout gizmo, checkout booth there. And I got what I had to get this morning. And uh, one of the ladies, she's all, she's, she knows me, she's all the time. And here's what she said to me. I said, good morning. And she said, good morning. And she said, you always look so pressed. She looked at my shirt, you know. You always look so pressed. <laughs> at first I thought she said stressed, and I was going to say, how could you tell? How could you tell? And you know the response is? I always want to look my best for Jesus. Hold on to that for a second, because when I finish up the message this morning, that'll come into play. Or is it when you get around people and you name the name of Christ, they would say, really? I would have never, I'd have never, I'd have never connected you with Christianity. I'd have never made that connection based upon some of the things you say or, hello? So if we're going to be living in the overflow, we must live obedient lifestyles. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to target this in a different way. You see, I'm coming at this. You see, I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm not talking about all the do's and the don'ts and the thou shouts and the shout nots. And I'm not hitting you with fundamentalism, you know, across the head where you can't wear this or you can't wear that. You can't sing this or can't go there. Huh? Right? No, I'm just trying to say, if you're going to live in the overflow, you must be compliant with what? Your calling and your number one calling is to carry his name, to be true to who you say you are. When you name the name of Christ, you ought to live like someone who names the name of Christ. Let me add to the discussion. Let me give you a second thought here. Living in the overflow, in that context, I think we need to be obedient to God's will. God's will. Now, there's two words this morning that I use that are rather frightening. The first is obedience, and the second is God's will. That's alarming, right? So somebody talks to you and says, hey, are you living in God's will, or do you know God's will? You hear a message, I'm going to preach this morning, I'm going to preach tonight, I'm going to preach all week about being in God's will. Oh, man, where are we going with this? Where, if I submit, where do I end up? In, in Russia? Some remote jungle in Africa? Do I have to give up my firstborn? Do I have to stop playing my favorite whatever? Why? It's not going to be in God's will. It's all or none, man. So you know what happens when sometimes you hear a message on God's will? You turn down the volume or you just turn it off because it's frightening. Well, let me see if I can't put a different look to it. Maybe, maybe we can reward this to make it more appealing. Maybe we can say this, instead of being obedient to God's will, how about if we, how about if we look at it this way, obedient to God's best for your life. Doesn't that sound good? Huh? Instead of it being, I'm submitting myself, I'm obeying God's will, which means I might have to be a missionary, I might have to marry some ugly guy. Because I... God does have a sense of humor, you know. Huh? Right? I might have to learn to like cats. I... Not trying to offend the community. I am allergic. Maybe, maybe we reward it so it's not that scary, 
I want to be obedient to God's best for my life. Huh? Why would you say that? Well, I think this. I think the will of God is God's best for our life. And let me tell you why I say that. Flip that verse up, if you would. Here's an oldie but a goodie. Be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable. And here's the part. Here's the part. Perfect. Perfect will of God. Perfect. Ha! Wait a second. Perfect. And I would love to go on a tear with that word right now, but I won't. But let me just say this. That word perfect, Andrew, and that text, you know what it means? Complete. 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 It's amazing how the Bible really speaks to your heart when you understand it. Huh? And so what he's saying here is this. God has a plan for your life that is complete. Oh, man, that was so good. And nobody said, oh. Uh, I won't pick on anybody but, but Jalen right now. Jalen, what year are you in? You're junior? Junior, right? Now, I'm not trying to be funny, or I'm, I'm certainly not trying to embarrass you. Your plan for your life, right? Now, I, I know you love God. I know you want to serve God. I know you want to be in God's will, but just humor me. Your plan for your life right now, is it complete? Let me ask you this, Jalen. You plan to get married one day? Good luck with that. <laughs> you plan to get married one day? Fidelia. Fidelia, you want? I think your dad's up there saying, he's getting married. <laughs> he's getting married. Yeah. Uh, plan to get married one day? Do you know who you're going to marry? You're going to move into some kind of a career, do something, right? Do you know exactly where you're going to be working 10 years from now? See, I, I can go on and on with this, right? But do you know who does, Jalen? Who? He knows, look here, he knows right where you're at today. He knows what next week looks like and next year. He knows who you're going to marry, where you're going to live, where you're going to serve. You know what that does for me? It takes all the pressure off. It takes, and all I have to do is comply with what? His best for my life. Huh? Now, if it was Raji's will for Jalen, I would be nervous. Because <laughs> he might say, well, this is good for him, but it's going to be good for me too. But in God's economy, it's always what's best for you. What's best for you, what's best for you, what's best. Doesn't that take the pressure off? Ty, why wouldn't we want, Dom, Dom, why wouldn't we want to be, right, in God's will when I'm just complying with his best for my life? And his will means this, it's complete. It's complete, right? I mean, if I just stay close to him, if I just stay in his word, if I stay close to the people who love me the most, if I listen to wise counsel, if I am humble enough to admit that I don't really know what's best for me, but he does, hello, it can't get any gooder than that. That's pretty good, don't you think? And I'll tell you what, that changes, that changes everything. When you look at it through that lens, the will of God is not that scary. Huh? 
And we, got, we preach, Jason, right? We preach to these kids in chapel, man. We're talking about the will of God. And, man, we're screaming at the top of our lungs, you got to serve God if he wants you in Africa. Go to Africa. And these kids, they're not even content living where they live. We're trying to get them to go to Africa. And now we've embedded something in their mind for the rest of their days. I don't want God's will. It's going to put me in a scary place. No, God's will puts you in the best place. The best place. The best place. All right, let me, let, me, let me close it up. Let me give you one final thought. I think this, if we're going to live in the overflow, some things we need to understand, some things we need to obey. And one, one, one of the final things I think we need to learn to obey is what is called obedient to the vision. Obedient to the vision. Think about that for a second. Obedient to the vision. There's a Bible verse, Acts chapter 26, verse number 19. Paul, the Apostle Paul, is speaking with King Agrippa, and he's kind of he's giving him a, I don't know, backstory. He's talking about all that, that he's done. And, and basically what he's saying is this, King, everything that I've done, because he's being questioned now by the king, right? Everything that I've done, I've done because I believed that it's been my mission in life. It's my purpose of existence. And I know I've ended up in some really, you know, tight areas and I know I've been in some real perilous times, but I do believe that it's been God's mission for my life. And then he says to the king, O king, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Paul's saying this, I, I, I got a glimpse from God as to what he wants me to do, and I certainly do not want to be disobedient to that vision. Are you with me, church? Come on, church. I don't want to be disobedient to that vision, that mission, that God-given task. Hello? And I think this, if you and I, if we're going to live in the overflow under the abundant blessings of Almighty God, that we have to come sometime, someplace in our life and say the same thing, God, I, I know you've given me a vision. I know there's a task for me, a mission for me, and I do not want to be disobedient to that mission. Let me, let me just put it this way. Simple terms. The simplest terms I can make it. God's vision for us as Christians. Now, I'm not talking individual task or individual thing. Generally speaking, as, simple, as, as simplified as I can make it, it's to worship God and evangelize the lost. Hang, hang with me just a few more minutes. Hang with me. Do you know everything we've done so far in this service has only been up to one hour? I know you, you think you've been sitting there for a couple of hours. We're just at one hour right now. Right? Amen? It's not too bad. Years ago, it would have been an hour and a half. Hour and 45. Huh? We got this thing down to a science. Huh? Right? And then right, right, at, right now, if you don't turn, but that clock is it, red lights. Three more minutes, it's going to say, you're losing them, you're losing them, you're losing them. <laughs> Five minutes from then, it says, you're done or we're leaving. <laughs> I respect your time. I want you to respect what I'm saying. I never keep you here longer than I think we need to be here. You know that. I try to put a whole lot into a, a short message, you know, but I need your whole mind and time because I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke here. This will revolutionize our lives. 
This will change everything. And not just these mess- this message, the Word of God as we understand it. It will make a difference in our lives at whatever level you are. You with me? And so, if you and I are going to be in the overflow, we, we, we have to be obedient to the task, the mission, the vision. And it's simple. It's glorify God, worship God and glorify Him, and evangelize the lost. Right? And that's simplifying it. And I would say it this way here. Uh, we worship God by living a lifestyle that's pleasing to Him. That's all. No, did you notice this? Craig, did you notice I didn't bring up anything about music? Clothing? Versions? We get all bent out of shape with that kind of stuff. And you know what it does? It distracts us from being what God wants us to be. First and foremost, we have to come to a conclusion and say, I desire, I want to live my life in such a way that God is pleased. Now, I mess up all the time, probably more than many. But my desire, my internal desire is to be pleasing in His sight. Why? Because I want to be obedient. Why? Because I want to be blessed. (laughs) I'm no fool. I might be stupid, but I'm not dumb. I want to live under the fountainhead of God's blessing. How about you? And so, when we worship God or live a worshipful life, what we're doing is this. We're asking ourselves consistently, am I living a life that's pleasing to the Lord? Evangelizing is this. It's just you and I sharing Christ with the lost. It's sharing Christ with the lost. You know what I did this morning when that lady said, you look pressed? Huh? And and and, And in reply... You know, I try to dress my best for Jesus. You know what I just did? I witnessed. I witnessed. Look here, my wife wasn't with me, so I didn't have any gospel tracks. I go in that store, uh, look at my, if you looked at my debit card, you would see wah, 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 gas, wah, 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 gas. I do two things. I buy gas and I go to wah, wah. So, I didn't have a gospel track. I didn't say to her, well, let me tell you why I'm pressing about five minutes or 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour and a half. I'm going to go preach the Word of God. And what I'm going to preach is, no. She didn't have time for that. Neither did I. But I can witness. I can witness by saying what? Trying to dress my best for Jesus. Huh? Uh, you say, I, I, I don't, my, my shirts are never pressed, Pastor. Look, when you're walking in the door, always look behind you. Somebody coming? Go ahead. Oh, thank you. God bless you. You just witnessed. You just witnessed. I'll put two and two together. Boy, that fellow's pretty nice. Yeah, and he just said, God bless you. He must believe in the Lord. See, it's not that complicated. We make it complicated. We got to walk around with 13 different style of gospel tracts and, and the family Bible and always ready to give the Romans road and Man, look, I'm not against giving out gospel tracts and, and preaching the gospel and all that. I, that's the only people, the way people can get saved. It's not a lifestyle. But look here, you cannot discount lifestyle living for Jesus. It makes a difference. And you'd be surprised today in this dark world, just a little bit of light, how bright it shines. <laughs> Amen? Obedient. To what? To the heavenly vision. And so, David, I had no idea if this is what David had in mind, but when David spoke those words, my cup runneth over, this is how it spoke to me. 
living life in the overflow. And if you're going to live life in the overflow, it's going to take an understanding of some things, and it's going to take obedience. Obedience. I'm going to give you one final thing next week, and this is a big one. And I know you think you are, but I, I guarantee you, you may not be, and that is grateful. 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 I'll give you homework for this week. Homework for this week. Listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. Maybe count how many times this week you thank God for what you have and maybe what you don't have. Gratitude puts you in the overflow. In the overflow. So let's consider our options. I'm finished. The light's blinking. You're done. You're done. Close it up. What's our options? Think about this. What's our options? Well, be honest. You either live in the overflow or you don't. <laughs> right? Or, or you can chicken out. You can say, well, I'll live close to somebody who's in the overflow so I get hit by, by their splash. <laughs> so when God blesses them, it splashes over on me. You chicken you. I don't want to splash. Huh? No, man. No, if it's going to rain, I want it to pour. I want showers of blessings. What's the options? Maybe this morning as we bow our heads, we close our eyes, as we make some personal time with God, as our worship team comes, maybe this morning you just, in your heart, maybe you just want to leave your place and come and just kneel down here and just pray, God, I want to live life in the overflow. Maybe, 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 Lord, I need a better understanding of some things. Maybe I need to just step it up in this area of obedience. And maybe it's something more personal that God speaks to you about. But think about the option. I don't like the alternative. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.